we've seen our community leave the planet half of it's gone probably more than that this building is surrounded by ghosts all of our lives we're all haunted by the ghosts of people who are gone just in december around christmas ricky flora miles people we all know and have worked for for years gone never see him again will decriminalization stop that no no it won't but there you go someone from the streets telling it like it is so BC is making history today, effective immediately. They've started a three-year decriminalization experiment. They use that word. It's an experiment that will allow those 18 and up to carry 2.5 grams of hard drugs without concern. So we're talking uh, MDMA, Coke, fentanyl, crystal meth, crack. You choose. They will not punish. And advocates hope, you know, that this will change how people see drug addicts, you know, take out the stigma and treat drug use as a health issue rather than criminal. But the drugs still have to be bought illegally on the streets. The drugs are not regulated and controlled um, and bought at, uh, you know, specific clinics that were thought to be part of this plan. So, you know, if the BC coroner says this won't save lives... Why is this a solution? Jeremy Eckert-Devine is a psychiatric resident over at McMaster University and joins us, now. joins us now. Good to have you. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. I combed through the, this announcement a number of times because um, I was always in the impression by those in support of safe injection that that is key to the, 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 the saving of lives. And so if that's not part of this, how is this a smart plan? Right. And... To be frank, I don't really feel that it is. I, I think that this idea of decriminalization by BC, I think it's largely a symbolic kind of move. In Vancouver, at least for sure, uh, police very rarely make arrests for simple mm -hmm. possession alone. That's been the case for many, many years now, at least a decade. Uh, so this idea that decriminalization makes a major shift, I don't really agree with that. Decriminalization has been the status quo in BC, so I, I'm, not, I'm not really impressed by this, this move by BC. Well, I think the concern, I mean, the headlines get a lot of attention and, and certainly by watching the, um, you know, the rollout of this announcement, there was a lot of bravado. There was a lot of this is, uh, this is a solution. This is great. This is going to be the success. However, um, you know, this is something that Toronto Health is also looking at. They filed for the same kind of uh, in, um, exemption two months after BC. So I suspect that this is just going to start trickling out, uh, throughout province to province. My concern, and I think a lot of other concerns, is that we don't have a grasp of the situation now. And so adding more to it, how does that, that you know, become a solution? I think you're right. And I, I want to distinguish between how other regions, other parts of the world have decriminalized successfully. Like I look at Portugal, which is true, decriminalized in the year 2000. But when Portugal decriminalized, they paired that with really assertive treatment for people who are struggling with addiction. When you, uh, in, in Portugal, if you're found with um, drugs, it's true, you don't get a criminal record like will be the case in BC now, but you also are mandated to appear before a drug dissuasion commission within a couple of days of, of being found with substances. When you're at that commission, you're talking with a lawyer, a social worker, a doctor, and they assertively direct you to treatment. That's why decriminalization was successful in Portugal. BC, on the other hand, they have none of that. They have none of that kind of pairing it with treatment services. And that's why I, I, I don't feel that this will ultimately be successful. They're not pairing it with any kind of assertive way to get individuals help that is, that is very clearly needed when you're in addiction. 
Yeah, that, that's not often part of the conversation when people cite either Spain or Portugal as to why they've had success. It is key um, to getting people in and, and offering them a, a chance to get clean. Um, Carolyn Parrish, who's the minister on this announcement, admitted, you know, yeah, there are gaps in rehabilitation and actual supports. Um, well, we've known that for a very long time, Jeremy. I mean, I'm not Einstein, but I, I know that we have not had these services. And so we've we've seen this crisis build for like years They've had a long time to change their um, strategy because we've watched what's going on in Vancouver. It's not a small amount of time. A couple of decades, this festering addiction has grown. It's metastasizing. It's not going away. And yet it seems to be the only model anybody talks about. Exactly. And I, I think that that speaks to, the, to how captured uh, drug policy is now by this ideological commitment to harm reduction. Harm reduction rules everything now. It's, it's really the only acceptable model for approaching this um, issue of the opioid addiction. And it's totally incomplete. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, get the individual better in and of itself. And that's the key piece that's been missing for, I agree, probably two decades now. And unsurprisingly, the problem has just gotten worse and worse. Uh, so so I, I really feel that BC needs to look harder at that issue of treatment and, and move away from that commitment to harm reduction, in my opinion. I don't know how we solve the issues that we are seeing, whether it's homeless, opiate, um, or, or the crime, because they all seem to feed into each other. I mean, uh, clearly, you know, by the way they've set up this program, uh, decriminalizing it, uh, people are still going to go to the streets, still going to be buying from someone who's fueling the black market. Uh, still, that's criminal elements. So you're feeding crime while trying to come up with a solution. And so when we have all these big issues, as you're seeing unfold across this country, mental health issues, opiate addiction, homelessness, it's playing out on the streets. I don't see um, this as a very smart time maybe to experiment with this when we don't know what it's going to lead to or could lead to. Right. I think those are totally valid concerns. We're not sure what impact this will have on the black market. Use might very well go up with decriminalization. We're not sure. Um, I, I don't. I think that we should really look to what's worked in other countries, particularly the European countries, and to some extent model what they're doing. That's that's not so much of an experiment. That's tried and proven. So, uh, I really think BC has to be careful with this this step that they've taken. Well, they 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 can be careful. I I see this as a template that that this is coming um, to cities near mm -hmm. us. Uh, you know, so this is the thing. I mean, uh, Pierre Polyevra has talked about this particular uh, issue, and he's talking about solutions, rehabilitation, supports, things that they're doing in Alberta. And he gets panned. He gets criticized a lot for it, saying it can't be done. Uh, can it be done? And how would it be done? Right. I've I've heard that uh, Pierre Polyevra. I'm, I'm pretty, frankly, impressed by, by the direction that he's taking. I think he's speaking a lot of sense and especially modeling over what Alberta is doing. Uh, can it be done? I feel that it can, but there has to be kind of a more centralized uh, approach here. And I do think that we have to re-question harm reduction. I, I think that we have to move away from, from totally focusing on just harm reduction interventions and towards rehabilitation and treatment. But that's, that's a bit beyond my pay grade. I think that's a, that's a larger conversation. It will take a lot of commitment, a lot of funding. These centers are not cheap, mm -hmm. um, but, but I think that it's the right thing to do because uh, things aren't getting any better out there.
Well, they're not cheap, but neither is crime at large or homeless people or people not taking transit. And so if we don't cure, you know, this, uh, we're going to continue to see these problems metastasize uh, across the country, not just in places like Toronto. I mean, it's happening in smaller cities as well. Why are there, Jeremy, so many and are so few of you willing to push back, um, uh, you know, against this mainstream acceptance that this is the only solution? Like, why are there so few people pushing for more supports? You know, it's I, it's hard to answer that because when I speak to a lot of people, many would agree with with myself and, and with you, Alex, that um, this is not this is sort of a band aid solution. We need sort of deeper answers, and yet I, I guess it speaks to the, the politics of the day. Uh, the, the CDC, for instance, is really uh, committed to harm reduction. Their 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 pieces solely focus on the benefits of harm reduction. There seems to be you know no real dissenting uh, opposition. That's aired by you know the CDC. Uh, I'm just I, I I can't speak too much to that, but it, it's odd because when I speak to everyday people, they often agree that a deeper solution than decriminalization and harm reduction is needed when we're dealing with with um, opioid addiction. Yeah, I mean, I can't I I think it's more I think most people, Jeremy, would think it's more cruel. I mean, you might save someone for a day, but you're just keeping them alive to possibly die the next. Right. Right. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's a conversation we'll continue to have because uh, I think an announcement will likely come here in Toronto at any time. But I appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. That is uh, Jeremy Eckert-Devine, who's with uh, McMaster University in a psychiatric residency. But again, one of the few that will actually have this conversation of other solutions. If safe injection's not saving lives and this new decriminalization is not going to save lives, said by the BC coroner, then why can't we have the conversation?